protection against HIV. Systems biology approaches are now being used to develop vaccines against AIDS as well as tuberculosis, malaria, and influenza. All vaccines, whether formulated in the classic way or based on systems biology research, contain bits and pieces of viruses, bacteria, or parasites that trigger very specific immune responses. Sometimes these bits and pieces, which scientists call antigens, are part of a whole but weaker virus, as was the case 200 years ago when Edward Jenner inoculated a young boy against smallpox with the pus from a milkmaid's cowpox blister. Other times the antigens are part of a whole but completely inactivated form of an infectious agent, such as the Salk version of the polio vaccine, or the antigen particles serve as the vaccine all by themselves as in the vaccines against diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus. Vaccines may also include adjuvants, substances that pump up immune activity more generally. When all goes well, the immune system responds to the antigens in a vaccine with a carefully orchestrated cascade of molecular and cellular events that enables the body to block future infection by any virus or bacterium bearing the same or similar antigens. The trick for vaccine developers is to find the right combination of antigenic material and adjuvants to afford the strongest protection. Despite having been developed in the conventional way, the vaccine against yellow fever, known as YF-17D, hit the nail on the head. It is one of the most effective vaccines ever produced. A single shot provides effective immunity within a week, and protection lasts at least 30 years. This success provided an opportunity to test some of the ideas and methods of systems biology and prompted a study to do just that, which was led by Bali Purlindran of Emory University, with help from Rafi Ahmed's team, also at Emory, and from my group at the Institute for Systems Biology in Seattle. Because we knew the vaccine worked, we thought we should be able to identify a detailed profile of the molecular and cellular changes that account for the success in vaccinated individuals. We did find such a signature and are building on the experience to try to figure out why HIV vaccines have not been able to evoke the immunity needed to prevent infection. We started our yellow fever experiment by vaccinating 25 healthy volunteers with YF-17D. Then we took blood samples from the subjects at several points. At the time of each injection, as well as 1, 3, 7, and 21 days later. Each blood sample was placed into an automated screening device to figure out which genes were being activated. Of course, genes do not directly make the proteins that a cell needs. First, the gene's DNA is transcribed into messenger RNA molecules, which in turn are used as templates for building proteins. By looking at the RNA levels, then, we could tell not only which genes were expressed or used to make a protein, but also how active they were. As we expected, the YF-17D inoculation first activated the innate immune system, which is the older, from an evolutionary perspective, of the two branches of the body's defenses. The innate immune system provides an immediate counterattack against all forms of pathogens. Innate immune cells internalize and kill most invading microorganisms. Even though the innate response often takes care of the external threat on its own, the innate immune system instructs the younger adaptive immune system to generate customized responses specifically tailored to the invading pathogen so that the next time the infection occurs, the damage is limited and can be contained more quickly. About 10 days after inoculation, 
the innate defenses of our volunteers stimulated the adaptive immune system to react with two sequential salvos. First, it generated specialized proteins called antibodies against various parts of the yellow fever virus, and then it activated a group of immune cells called killer T-cells that recognize and destroy infected cells in the body. Over the course of several analyses, we identified 65 genes that played key roles in the body's response to the YF17D vaccine. Closer analysis showed that one specific expression pattern involving those genes was particularly indicative of both powerful antibody and killer T-cell activation. In other words, we'd proved our point. We could measure in minute detail exactly which genes of the immune system are turned on or off during the course of robust immune response to the yellow fever vaccine. Rafik Pierre Sekely of the Vaccine and Gene Therapy Institute, Florida, independently found similar results.